Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. What's up, New Song Church? How's everybody doing this morning? Good. In first service, the mic just blasted and it woke everybody up. It was like a cup of espresso. It was awesome. They were so receptive right after that. It was amazing. It was like the voice of God just hit them. And it was incredible. But hey, I want to welcome everybody, uh, especially those of you that it might be your first time with us. We are in a season right now in which our senior pastor and his wife, uh, Justin and Jennifer, they're actually on sabbatical, and we are halfway through. We're actually just halfway through. Uh, it's a 12-week sabbatical that they're taking, and we are just past week six. Come on, somebody, right? So uh, it's been awesome. It's been an, uh, an incredible honor to be able to, to share with you, um, and also it's been cool to hear from some different voices. Uh, I think uh, Dr. Bill did an incredible job the last three weeks. Can we just give it up for Dr. Bill real quick? Come on. I think Dr. Bill did an incredible job, and, and what a great, just very basic, wonderful biblical teaching that we can just apply in our lives the moment we walk out of the doors. And, and that's what we try to do here at, at New Song is, is not just not just preach the word, not just try to, uh, to have some kind of incredible communication uh, skills, but really to give you application, something that you can grab a hold of and, and go on into life with and make a difference, not only in your life, but in those around you. And today I'm hoping is no different. You know, a lot of times when I find myself, uh, Mallory and I and the kids or something, we're out in town, whether we're at the grocery store or wherever, and we run into some of you out there. And, and it's very interesting when I have an opportunity to, to talk to uh, just some fellow believers and, and to talk to some church members. It's very rare that at some point in that conversation, whether it's short or long, something comes up about pastor this country is a mess. I hear it all the time. This country is a mess. This world is a mess. And you know what? It would be incredibly hard to argue against that because all you have to do is tune into the news, log on to social media, take you about 2.5 seconds to know, wow, they're right. The, the world in this country is in a little bit of a mess. And, and it's very interesting to me as well that within that conversation, a lot of times then they will come back with, but you know, if we just had more godly leaders in place, or if we just had more godly laws in place, if, if this law could be passed and this law thrown out, oh, everything would be so much better. And yet I, I, I agree with some of it, but, but I also kind of disagree in that I don't think this country has a law issue or even as much of a leadership issue as we have a heart issue. We have a heart issue. And, and the sad thing is, is that as a society, we've lost touch with a lot of our values. We've lost touch with core values in our life that God is instilled. And, and what happens when you start to abandon the values and you have a heart issue, it takes that heart issue from mild to critical. 
And I think that's where we're at right now. We have a critical heart issue in this country. And a heart issue is something that only God can take care of. But the good news is, is that God can take care of it. Amen. I really believe that he can, and he's going to use us to do it, but we're going to have to really be able to bring back some of the values that we used to have and bring them to the forefront. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for this awesome honor and privilege, Lord, to be able to bring your word to your people. And Lord, I pray that today, that through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, you would speak through me and penetrate the hearts of those that are here. And Lord, I pray that every one of us walk out of this building today more like Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. So the Bible is full of values. We know this. It teaches us to live in a way that is contrary from the way that the rest of the world lives. It's the very reason why the Bible has become such a controversial book in society. If you don't believe me, try sometime to give somebody some quality sound biblical advice and see what happens. A lot of times they will get offended. A lot of times they will scoff and and be like, that's dated or that doesn't make any sense to today. It's terrible. Some experts are saying that we currently live in probably the most critical condemning and canceling culture ever in the history of the world, which as people, it's so true. We see it like we have become so quick to be offended. It's almost as though we're looking for it. And it's not just reserved anymore for strangers or somebody that gives you a cross look somewhere. Now it's actually overflowed and now it's affecting even the relationships with people that we're close to. I've seen it. You just have to be on Facebook to be able to witness it so many times. Somebody will make a post that somebody doesn't agree with or they get mad at and then all of a sudden the fangs come out, right? And the venomous and toxic comments follow. And sometimes it's even with loved ones. It's not just somebody that somebody's trolling, like it's somebody's loved ones. People get mad if you do. Some get mad if you don't. We experienced that on a, on a pretty serious level here, just as a church going through COVID, as leadership trying to do the best that we could, but no matter what, there were people that are saying, hey, why aren't you wearing masks? And then a whole nother side going, why would you wear a mask? We couldn't win. No matter which stance you began to take or no matter which way you were practicing yourself, somebody was getting offended. Mad if you do, mad if you don't. You should have posted this. You shouldn't have posted that. And it's gotten bad. I mean, I've experienced it firsthand and it's not good. So I had decided actually shortly before pastor and them had went on sabbatical, I said, you know what? One of those awesome opportunities that I'm going to have on the platform, I want to take it to talk about some lost values. I want to talk about some values that, uh, and, and today in particular, going to talk about a value that I think is one of the most missing values today. One of the most, and yet one of the most important values 
in the Bible. And the Bible's actually full of this topic. I probably have enough notes back in my office for a four-week series on this, but I'm going to squeeze it into two messages that's going to be spread out a little bit. You're going to get one today and then one when I get to speak on August 29th, the week right before PJ and Jennifer come back. But I, but I want you to, I want to be able to say this to you, and I really need you, New Song, to really hear me when I say this. And that is, if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ and you love him, you are called to live a different way. You're not going to look like the rest of the world, and that's going to cause a problem sometimes. You cannot be like the culture around you. You cannot condemn, you cannot criticize, and for the love, please stop just canceling things. We're called to live in a different way. And of course, the value that I'm going to talk about today, it's no secret, it's on your notes, it's behind me on the screen. That value is honor. Because I believe that we live in a culture now that has totally abandoned honor. And if anything, moved into a level of just dishonor. And I want to start in Romans 12, verse 10. And I want everybody to read this out loud. Every voice, read it with me. Are you ready? Here we go. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourself. Would you look at that? And it even tells us how you were to honor every person. It's not telling us that we need to honor just the people that we like. It's not saying that we should honor just those who are Christians. It's not saying that we should just honor those people of the same political party. It's not saying that we should only honor those that we believe are qualified to receive our honor. It doesn't say that. We are to honor, one translation says, everyone. Everyone. And then they throw a caveat in there and not just honor as in like, oh yes, I, I honor you. Yes, I know. Oh no. We are to honor them the way that we would honor ourselves. That, there's a difference there. And that's incredible. Jesus taught us this in Mark chapter six, verse one through three. And before I read that to you, I want to kind of set just a quick foundation of context there. Jesus had just finished performing some amazing miracles. I mean, his ministry was going in, in full tilt. There were lives being changed. He was doing things that people were starting to say, hey, this, he has got to be the son of God because I don't know who else could do these things. He was doing some amazing stuff because he's a miracle working God. And then scripture says this in Mark 6, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. Now we know that he was born in Bethlehem, but was raised most of his childhood in Nazareth. The Bible goes on to say, the next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. They asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? But watch what happens. Because they literally go from, I like this guy, boy, he's wise, wow, he's powerful, to write the next verse, it says, they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon, and his sisters live right here among us. 
They began to lower Jesus from what he really was. They began to make him ordinary and common. And then it actually goes on to say, they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. I think the Bible teaches us something in that moment that when you allow yourself to be offended by somebody, you all of a sudden now shut out any opportunity. There becomes an inability to receive what God wanted you to receive from that person. So Jesus responds like this. There's all this toxic commenting going around him. It probably was like the Facebook chat room of pre <laughs> pre Facebook time. It had to be horrible. And yet how does he respond to this toxic commenting? He says this, it says, then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. In other words, there's places where he gets honor. There's places where he doesn't. And often the place where they take him as being the most common and ordinary is the place where you're going to not get much honor. And now in the Bible, there's two words in the Greek for honor and without honor. And the Greek language, of course, is the original language that the New Testament was written in. So every time a pastor like myself wants to get the deeper teachings of something, we always want to go to what is deemed the original language. All right, so with it being Greek here, if you want a clearer truth, jump to the original language. So that's what we're going to do. It's in the Greek. And there's a Greek word for without honor and a word in the Greek for with honor. Let me show those to you. The word in the Greek for without honor is atimos. Atimos. And it actually means to dishonor or to treat as common or ordinary. On the flip side, the Greek word for honor is it looks like time, doesn't it? That's what I thought it was at first. No, it's actually pronounced tima. Tima, and it means to value, respect, highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. You could say it like this. When you honor someone, you add value to them. You add worth to them. You add weight and importance to them. They become almost the opposite of ordinary and common. And yet we live in a world today, new song, that is constantly trying to strip everyone of their dignity and their worth. And they'll go at great lengths to do so. To just strip it away. And I really believe that the church needs to be adding dignity and worth to people's lives. That's part of what we're called to do. Because to dishonor someone obviously is to treat them common. You don't appreciate them like you should. Let me say it one more way. And this is in your notes that honor elevates where dishonor decimates. If you're going to somebody up, you, you give them honor. They're going to rise them up from wherever they're at. You're going to elevate them. But no matter where somebody's at, if you're going to dishonor them, if you will treat them as ordinary and common, eventually you're going to just decimate them. And we live in this world that just wants to continue to just rip and tear people apart, pull them down the moment they try to get up. And yet we're called as the church new song. 
We're called to lift one another up. We need to elevate because honor elevates. And today I want to do do three things with you. The first one is I want to teach you two biblical principles about honor today. And we're going to do that. The second is I want to give you a challenge that I truly believe if you will accept this challenge for the week, it is going to change your entire week for the better. And then the third thing is, is I'm going to try to model it in front of you because I wouldn't want to ask you to do something that I wouldn't do myself. So I'm going to model it for you. So let me give you two principles out of God's word about honoring others to which I understand Many of you in the room right now will probably at some point think, but Pastor Josh, how can I honor them? They do nothing honorable. There's nothing in their life that is honorable. How am I supposed to give them honor? And I would say like this, that honoring someone begins with God's claim on them. Do you know that we were all created in God's image? That includes everybody. If you're living and you're breathing, you were created in God's image. We read that in scripture, but so often we just want to apply that to the squeaky clean people that we know in our life. And yet, no, that means that the person at the grocery store that's driving you nuts or heaven forbid, I know one of, uh, there's a, uh, a Walmart greeter that goes to the church here and he's constantly telling me, man, I get disrespected daily. The poor guy. But even those people that are disrespecting him and treating him horribly, they're actually created in God's image. That person that's struggling with a drug addiction and seems to constantly always be in a needy position or, or, or that they just can't make a good decision no matter what, God created them in his image. And so often I think where we fail as humans and as Christians is that we see people only as they are in the moment. We're not seeing them in a view of the person that loves them, that created them with a plan and a purpose. I think we need, if we would start to view people through the lens of God and how God views you and I and each one of them, It would change the way we lived our life. It would change the way we did ministry. It would be incredible. But I don't think very often, I don't think we have the right view of others. And if we could take more of the view that God has of others, he has this unique ability. God has a unique ability to see people in both their depravity and their dignity at the same time. I wish I had that. I started this week praying, God, Help me to start viewing people through your lens that I would be able to see their depravity and their dignity at the same time. Because I know sometimes it's difficult. It's hard to love people when you're seeing the mess that they're in and how they continue to make decisions that bring them back to that same mess. But God looks through that and he sees what he's called them to. And I believe God's calling us as a church to do the same thing so that when we go out there and we're ministering to people in our daily lives, that, that we wouldn't say things like, well, pastor, you just don't know what they did in their past, that it doesn't matter what they did. 
That we're going to see them in their depravity and their dignity all at the same time, just like God sees them. Because we read in Romans 8.30, it says, and those he, being God, those he predestined, he also called, those he called, he also justified, and those he justified, he also glorified. God has something amazing planned for your life. You have a plan and a purpose, and whether you are currently living it out or not does not mean that God has given up on you. Let me give you a real life example of this, that even me, while I was going through a time, probably from about 18 to 25, hot mess, making terrible decisions, partying all through the night, would show up, was raised in church, didn't really have a personal relationship with the Lord at the time. It was mom and dad's relationship with the Lord. I would show up to church still smelling like the booze from the night before. Hot mess. But what's amazing about God is God seen me as the boneheaded 20 year old, but he also seen me on this platform and in that youth room, making a difference in people's lives and being able to live out that plan and purpose that he had placed in me while I was yet being molded in my mother's womb. How many are excited about serving a God like that? Come on. Doesn't matter what you did. Doesn't matter what you're currently doing. God has not given up on you or your purpose. I feel like somebody needs to know that in here. There's somebody in here that needs to hear that. Maybe they're watching from home. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. He might not be pleased with how you're living your current life, but he has never stopped loving you. And he has surely not given up on your purpose that he placed in you long before you ever took your first breath. Somebody needed to hear that. He doesn't just see you in the now. He sees you living out your purpose. So I know there might be some of you in here that, that maybe you have a family member that might be struggling with addiction. And sometimes it's hard to look at them and, and, and see anything beyond the addiction and the mess that they've made of their life. But can I tell you, we serve a God that he has a plan and a purpose for them and he hasn't given up on them. Maybe that's you that you're struggling with addiction. God has not given up on you. It doesn't matter what you've done. And it's really something that, that Mallory and I have tried to apply in our parenting as well. And trust me, we don't always get it right. We probably get it wrong more than we get it right. If I'm completely transparent with you, but, but we're trying and Hey, both our kids, they have of Mallory and I. So they mess up. It happens more than we'd like to say. But at the beginning of our parenting journey, we would make the same rookie parenting mistake that I'm sure all of us have. We would address some disobedience. We would address a, a wrong that they've done. And we would say things like, hey, you did this wrong. Let me tell you why it was wrong. Let me tell you how bad you are for doing that and what you're going to get from it. And then we discovered something that sometime around when Riley turned about two or three, that kids don't really respond well to something they already know about. They know about their depravity. They know what they did was wrong. 
Everyone in this building, we know, hey, when we do something wrong, when we do something that's just flat out not right, instantly we know we are aware of our depravity. And kids, much like us, they don't respond well when you just yell a reminder at them that they've fallen short. So we've kind of tried to shift gears a little bit. Now in their moments of depravity and disobedience, we will say to them, hey, I know this is what you did, insert the blank, but that is not who you are. Let me tell you who you are. Now, don't get me wrong. We still apply the firm hand of discipline on the seat of righteousness. That still happens. But we want to always be speaking blessings over them and not curses. To the point where we've put in this, each one of them have this sign on their door. And, and we need to get better at reciting it every single morning. But we'll recite this from time to time. I'll say, Riley May, who are you? She'll say, my name is Riley Mae Johnson. I am strong. I am smart. I am kind. I love God. I love people. And I love myself. Because we want to remind them that, hey, what you just did, how you just screwed up, that is not you. That might be the battle with your flesh, but that's not who you are. Let me tell you who you are. You're a child of God and you are loved by an almighty God. You have a plan. You have a purpose. You love people. You are smart, right? We'll reiterate, we're speaking blessings, not curses. We're trying to teach our kids that God sees what you did and the mistakes that you've made, but he doesn't judge you based on what you've done. Instead, he sees you as what you can become. And that doesn't just apply to our kids. That applies to each and every one of you. And let me show you honor in another place in scripture. First Peter chapter two, verses 13 through 17. It says, submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every authority. It's whether you agree with them or not to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as supreme authority or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. How many in here would like to silence some ignorant talk in their life? Come on, somebody. And and you know what's interesting is, is when you study scripture like this, and something I like to do is think about, okay, Peter wrote this. What was Peter going through when he penned this? What was going on in his life? Now we know that the word is Holy Spirit inspired, but obviously the authors were going through something. And it's very interesting that as he penned this, he was under Emperor Nero. Don't know if you've done any study on him in history. He was messed up. He, he loved just the spilling of blood. Like he killed for sport. He loved picking on Christians too. He would just round them all up, throw them in a ring, invite the whole neighborhood and release some lions and have a good old time. He was that kind of messed up. And yet Peter is writing this under, under that, that kind of messed up leader. And he's saying, hey, for the Lord's sake, submit to every authority. Hey, it's God's will to do so. And he's like, yep, 
even Nero. Wow. So what do we do? It says live as free men and women, but don't use your freedom as a cover up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to some. Wait, no, doesn't say that. It says show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers, fear God and honor the king. Even if we don't agree with everything they're doing. Because guess what? Something interesting happens when honor enters the building. And you have it in your notes. It's when we assign honor to someone, they often become more honorable. It's crazy how that happens. I heard a great story from Pastor Chris Hodges about a time when he was a youth pastor. And I could really relate to this. Anytime somebody starts out, hey, when I was a youth pastor, I'm like, I follow you, brother. I'm here. And he had said that there was this girl that would come and her mom served in the adult service that would take place on the other side of the building that night. So she would show up early, but she would just sit on the back row, not help, pull out her phone and just be on her phone and give these kind of dirty looks through the message. She'd be interrupting by trying to talk to people. And it started to drive him nuts. Like he's like, mm. Until finally he was like, you know what? Okay. Yep. This Wednesday is going to be the night. I'm going to approach her. I'm going to tell her what I think. And it's going to be justified. And it's going to be awesome. And he said, so he found himself. He, oh, there she is. Showed up right on time. And he said, I started making a beeline for her down the aisle. And he said, and I got there and I was ready to rip her apart. And I just said, you know what? You are the first one here every week. And I appreciate that. And that you set a great example for the rest of the youth. So thank you. And he said, and as I was walking back, I was going, that wasn't what I was supposed to say, God. Like he was angry. I was supposed to rip her apart. But yet he actually assigned honor, even though she really didn't deserve the honor, but he assigned the honor and something amazing happened. He said, no joke, something must have clicked in that moment that all she needed was affirmation. She just needed some honor assigned to her because he said, then she would show up on time early and she would say, pastor, how can I help? Is there something you need? She would not only not be disruptive during the message, she was head down taking notes and, and helping share them with the others that maybe weren't paying attention. She started to serve. She started to become a student leader. It was incredible. He said, just simply because he chose not to go up and rip her apart but to go up and assign honor before it was due. That's incredible. How many people in your life could you assign some honor to that maybe don't deserve it and see if they wouldn't become more honorable? I think that's incredible. So don't wait for someone to deserve it. Let's just give honor anyway. Last principle. Honoring benefits me even more. You ever notice that? That honoring is not just for the person on the receiving end of the honor. In fact, I think that you receive more honor by giving it than receiving it. 
I don't, I don't require honor. I don't ever want to require it because if I got to a point where I need it, we have a big issue and that'll be a, a Sunday topic all on its own. I don't need honor, but I've found that anytime I give honor, if I give honor to someone, not only do I believe it blesses the person that I'm trying to honor, but it also does something very special in me. And it makes sense when we dive a little deeper into the rest of Jesus's teaching from Mark six, where Jesus, of course, we know he said to them, a prophet is not without honor, except in his own town among his relatives and in his own home. But watch what is said next. Therefore he could not do any miracles there except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. Something jumped out to me when I seen that. Notice that it doesn't say he would not. It doesn't say that Jesus was offended. Jesus was upset at the way they were treating him. So he refused. He would not perform any miracles for these people. No, it doesn't say that. It says he could not do any miracles there. New song, this made me think. How many prayers are we lifting up and Jesus is hearing them and saying, oh, oh, I would love to answer that. But your lack of honor and your lack of belief is restricting me. It's holding me back from what I want to do for you. And the good thing is, is conversely, God's word tells us, it says, hey, what you can do is honor. We read in Ephesians 6, this is a verse of scripture my mom loved to remind me of often as a child. But Ephesians 6 says, honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise so that it may go well for them. No, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, I know there's some of you that are in the room that are saying, yeah, but Pastor Josh, you don't know my father. He's not honorable. As a matter of fact, he might be the definition of dishonorable. To which I would say, Jesus isn't telling us through the scriptures that, hey, if you honor him, hey, it'll go well for him or go well for her. But no, he's saying, if you will do what you're called to do. If you will fulfill my will, which is for you to honor everyone, because even that dishonoring father, he's still made in God's image. And we're called to honor that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. You see new song, when we show honor to someone, whether they've earned it or not, we're posturing our heart to receive from the Lord. It's not even for them. It's so that we can posture our heart to receive from the Lord. Another way you can say it, I have in your notes, is the more that you value it, the more you get value from it. You know, something that I've been guilty of is that I feel like sometimes I've kind of, I've treated my spouse. I've treated Mallory very similarly to those in Nazareth who were treating Jesus. 
as common and ordinary and I haven't been honoring like I should be. And I've realized that I need to honor her. I need to show her the value that she has in my life. I need to add weight and value. I need to treat her as precious, not as common or ordinary. So I would ask you, New Song, what are you valuing? Who are you showing honor to? So I want to give you an assignment. I promised you two biblical principles, an assignment, and then I'm going to try to model it for you. But here's your assignment, and I want you to go crazy with it this week. You know, Romans 12, 10, the verse I started with, and another translation actually says, outdo one another in showing honor. That's what I want us to do. Some of you, maybe you're new to New Song and you didn't know that we had these cards. Some of you have forgot about them, and some of you use them. But we have some cards at the front door that we call something extra cards. They're right on the card. It says something extra to let you know God loves you. And it's incredible what you can do with this card. So here's your assignment. As you get ready to go to the restaurant, maybe here in just a few minutes, take one of those cards with you. And your server, be generous with your tip. One better, even if they're terrible, even if they don't deserve it, be generous, honor them. They're probably working two or three jobs. They're doing everything they can to make ends meet. Let's honor them. When the rest of the world wants to rip them apart, tear them, keep them down, why don't we be the church? Why don't we put on the God, the God goggles and view them from the way God does. Let's lift them up. So I encourage you, grab one of those cards. Grab a couple. But whatever cards you take, I want them to be used up before you come back next week. And I can guarantee you, you're going to come back next week and say, you know what, Pastor? That might have been one of the best weeks of my life. Man, I was in, in the line at Taco Bell and man, God put it on my heart to pay for the person behind me. And I don't know how somebody spends 22 bucks at Taco Bell, but I, but I paid for it and I gave him the card. You would be amazed what kind of life change can take place if you're just willing to do something as small as that and how it's gonna honor those people, how it's gonna honor you ultimately inside. So I gave you an assignment. I'm hoping you do a great job with it. Now I wanna model honor to you. I, I wanna take a moment and I wanna honor some people in my life that I think maybe I've taken a little bit too lackadaisical to them. I've treated them too ordinary and too common. And I just want to model some honor for you right here in this moment. Could you put those pictures up? And I'm going to try to keep it together while I do this. But we've actually added one more to that mix since that picture was taken. We don't take a lot of family pictures. But we've got Owen in the mix. And that's my wife, Mallory. And I just want to take a moment to honor her because she's been an incredible wife. 
She's been an incredible ministry partner and an amazing mom to our kids. And too often, I've taken her as ordinary and I have not treated her with the preciousness and the honor that she deserves. The next picture is my mom and dad. Sure. Was there mistakes made? Yes. Mallory and I make mistakes with Graham and Riley and Owen all the time. But we never went without. They modeled hard work. They modeled the importance of a sound name. You heard from me a few weeks ago when I talked about when I moved back up to Indiana. And I didn't have a, I didn't have a dime to my name. And I had to go to a local farm bank in town there. And I had to talk to the president of the bank that my dad and my grandfather did business with for years. And I looked at him, I said, I need a personal loan and I have no collateral. And he looked at me and he said, your name is your collateral. I'm gonna approve that loan. And that's because of the legacy that my dad and my grandfather and my mom are leaving for us. And I honor you. And then the next one, Some of you may know them, some of you don't. This is my mentor. This is my spiritual father. His name's Pastor David Pleasant. You'll get to know him because he's gonna be right here on this platform two weeks from now on August 1st, and he's gonna bring the word and you don't wanna miss it. But this is a man that showed me Christ's love in the flesh when I was pretty unlovable. I was making terrible decisions. That's when I was showing up to church with booze on my breath. This man did not condemn me. Instead, he chose to love me and he pulled me in tighter. And he would constantly remind me, Josh, you know you're called. You know you have an anointing. Don't run from it. Don't be afraid of it, pursue it. And I appreciate him and I wanna honor him this morning. And then I wanna honor Pastor Justin and Jennifer for taking a chance on a young kid with no credentials. That they said, you know what? You have a calling, we can work on the credentials. We'll work on that. But you have a calling that can't be denied on your life. You have a purpose that God's placed there. And we believe that New Song is the place that we're gonna see that come to fruition. We're gonna see that come out in you. And I thank them for that. I honor them. And I also, I want to take a moment to honor God because he saved my life. I was a hot mess and God came along and he changed everything, everything. He loved me. He loved me. You know how much he loved me? He loved me enough to let his son die. Who does that? But he did because he knew that he would have to let his son die so that I could live, so that you could live. So I want to honor God. I want to honor Jesus for what he did for you and for me. Would you stand with me, New Song? Man, I want to talk to, I believe there's some people in the room that's saying, man, Pastor, I I haven't made that decision to really follow Christ, but today's the day. Like, I want to put my stake in the ground and say, from this day forward, I'm dedicating my life to Christ. No longer am I going to do this on my own. 
but I'm going to trust in him. With every eye closed and head bowed, if that's you and the Lord's been speaking to you this morning, would you just boldly shoot your hand up? I see that hand. That's awesome. I see those hands. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life, I promise. And I'm going to pray in just a moment, and you can pray after me. You can pray it word for word. You can make it your own. What matters is that you mean it. And then for everyone else, I'm going to pray. Don't even have to ask for your hands, but I'm going to pray for those that could use the power of the Holy Spirit to honor, to, to start to treat people as though they are made in God's image that they would begin to add value to people instead of treating them as common and ordinary. And I'm believing that he's going to do that today. Jesus, Lord, forgive me for trying to live this life on my own for far too long. Today, I surrender everything to you. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I believe that you are exactly who you said you were that you are the son of God, that you went to the cross and you died a criminal's death for me. You paid what I should have paid, but you took it on for me and you were buried, but then you didn't stay dead. No, you raised up again from the dead three days later. You ascended to the Father and now you are at the right hand of God interceding for me. Lord, I receive that. Empower me, Lord, so that I can live out this life. Lord, not just to please you, but Lord, to live out your great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. And Lord, I pray that this church would be a church of honor. Lord, I pray that we would be quick to honor people, that we would stop treating people as though they are just common, that they are just normal and ordinary. No, every one of us is made in your image, and I pray that we would treat them as such. Lord, allow honor to be the first thing on our mind as we interact with people, whether it's a server at a restaurant, whether it's someone begging on the street, whether it's someone struggling with addiction, Lord God, allow us to show honor. Allow us to see them, not just in their depravity, but in their dignity as well, Lord. Let us see them like you see them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.